Diego-based editor, Marianne Webb, and our DC senior reporter, Fredis Alfruk, who is also known as Danny, and I will start with Danny. So Danny, you've been keeping track of what's been happening with digital health regulations, uh, basically in DC. Talk to us about some of the more recent developments that people in the industry want to know about. Thanks. Yeah, as the year is winding down, we're seeing a lot of regulations coming out, and digital health regulations are no exception. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration recently published its annual list of guidance documents that it wants to focus on developing and publishing over the next year. On the one hand, they indicate what topics the FDA find especially important, and on the other hand, they also signal the feedback the agency has received from industry about what's important to them. This year's lists include drafting guidances focused on digital health technologies, such as ones for clinical decision support software, software as a medical device, and cybersecurity. The clinical decision support software guidance in particular is one the agency had planned on getting done in 2021, but was unable to finish likely due to COVID. In early November, the FDA also published a long-awaited draft guidance on documentation requirements for medical software pre-market applications. The draft guidance clarifies and updates a similar guidance already in place, but could also mean added regulatory documentation burdens for some sponsors. That guidance was also delayed in coming out and was recently cited by Booz Allen Hamilton in an independent report as one of the only shortcomings of the FDA in fulfilling its current user fee obligations. Thanks for that. So you also wrote about regulations that affect digital health beyond the FDA. So what's going on there? Yes, uh, the U.S., uh, Canadian, and U.K. regulators also recently published a document where they agreed upon a set of good machine learning practice principles that they want manufacturers to keep in mind when developing artificial intelligence slash machine learning products. The principles reflect some of the regulatory issues their respective agencies have faced in recent years. Finally, I also want to mention the European Association for Medical Devices of Notified Bodies commented on a European Commission proposed regulation from earlier in the year. Under the proposed rule, medical devices and certain software using artificial intelligence would be considered high-risk products and would be regulated. The Notified Bodies Group, however, says sector-specific safety requirements are already covered under the European Commission's new legislative framework and, more specifically, is also covered under the EU medical device regulations. Basically, the group argues the proposal risks duplicating regulatory requirements that could add unnecessary burdens for companies and regulators alike. Well, thanks for all that. That is a good update. Uh, Marion, so in October, we had a lot of coverage on digital therapeutics. Of course, what can you tell us about some of the commercial developments in that space? Yes, Reed, that is correct. So for one, the definition of digital therapeutics is still causing a lot of confusion. And acknowledging that the Consumer Technology Association announced in October that its members and other stakeholders teamed up to develop standards, which they hope will clear up some of the industry confusion and encourage the adoption of these treatments. Okay, so what exactly is the definition of a digital therapeutic? Yes, so the organization, which, by the way, also oversees the giant consumer electronics show CES that takes place each year in January in Las Vegas, defines digital therapeutics as an evidence-based standalone or combination software product intended for management, maintenance, prevention, or treatment of a disease or disorder or condition acting directly as a medical intervention or guiding the delivery of a medical intervention. That can be everything from mobile health apps to video game treatments or virtual exercise programs to help people manage chronic disease. 
All right. Now, one of the companies in that space that we've written about uh, and that made news in October is Pair Therapeutics. What was going on with them? That's right. Reed. So Pair Therapeutics is one of the most successful companies in that space in terms of coverage for its three commercial prescription digital therapeutics. And they are designed for people with substance use disorder, opioid disorder, and insomnia. So in October, the company announced that the Massachusetts Medicaid program will cover its digital therapeutics for treating substance use disorder and opioid use disorder. And according to PEAR, it is the first state Medicaid program decision to cover prescription digital therapeutics. So it's a big win for the company and potentially for the industry moving forward, as reimbursement remains a big barrier for wider adoption of these products. Well, that's fantastic, Marian. Thanks for that. You're also working on an analysis piece that digs deeper into this whole digital therapeutic space, and we're going to be looking forward to seeing that very soon. Thank you, Reed. So you also wrote a story recently about Pear going public in a SPAC, and you covered another big SPAC deal in digital therapeutics. What can you tell us about that? Right. So Better Therapeutics is going to go public via a merger with Mountain Crest Acquisition Corporation 2. That's the name of a special acquisition company or SPAC. Um, now, following that merger, Better Therapeutics is going to have access to about $150 million in cash from the financing activities, plus a fully committed $50 million pipe, what they call it, a private investments in public equity fund. And they also have a $50 million debt facility that they secured back in August. So with that, they're going to be well-funded into 2023. And what does their technology do? Right. So Better Therapeutics is working to commercialize what they call prescription digital therapeutic, a PDT, for people with diabetes. Um, they expect they can also extend that into other cardiometabolic diseases. Their product delivers what they call cognitive behavioral therapy to help users change their day-to-day -day behavior and create a new set of durable habits that will improve their health. The company is currently sponsoring a 648-patient randomized pivotal trial of this application they call BT001. That's a PDT that helps the people specifically with type 2 diabetes. They're also sponsoring a real-world evidence study of BT001. So I talked to Better Therapeutics CEO, Kevin Applebaum. He's also the founder of the company or one of the founders of the company. He told me that the FDA is really trying rapidly to get up to speed on prescription digital therapeutics and has been very helpful in the development of these new systems, especially since the pandemic has pushed forward the demand for more remote therapy solutions like this. Yes, obviously companies developing these PDTs want to earn FDA approval to show that their products have been proven to produce good patient outcomes. And it's not just another app on the App Store. So we'll look forward to see how Better Therapeutics does with that. Thanks, Reed. You can read about all of these developments and a lot more about digital health and many other medtech topics right now at medtechinsight.com. The archive of Device Week and the rest of Informa Pharma Intelligence podcasts are available on the Informa Pharma Intelligence channel on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify Podcasts, and VR smart speakers if one of these platforms has been set up for you as your default podcast provider. I'm at MedTech Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N. Reed is at MedTech Reed with two E's and Danny is at MedTech Danny, D-A-N-N-Y. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week.